We are the manifest activity of God. That should grab our attention like nothing else has ever grabbed our attention. Maybe it would do us well to sit down and think, well, if the angels are watching me to learn about God, what is my life teaching them? Am I showing them a willingness to surrender to God, or do I still want to tell God how to do things? Are they seeing a willingness, a grateful, joyful willingness for me to utterly abandon myself to Him, for Him to live His life through me, to be the source of everything that I am and everything that I do? Are we showing them truly the majesty of God? Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. Just what are the angels learning about God as they observe the church? What a sobering question for we believers to consider. My good friend Ron Lowry is back with us for this week's podcast, and he will lead us in a devotion from Ephesians with the intent of answering this question. So join us as we look at chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Hello, I'd like to invite you to take your Bible and turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Um, there, the Bible is fascinating in and of itself, and there's so many things um, that we read here that, that really just blow one's mind. And, and for me, and this is one of those passages, Ephesians chapter 3, and we'll begin reading at verse 9. And he says, And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now I want you to think about <clears throat> that verse and what we're going to look at uh, in this uh, time in the Scripture is that verse 10, God might be made known, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Amazing. The angels in glory are constantly observing the church, the body of Christ. They're observing what God is doing in Christ, in the believers, to learn something about the manifold wisdom of God. That is, that's just amazing. Now, in chapter 2 and up to this point in chapter 3 of Ephesians, Paul has been explaining to us God's mystery the mystery of salvation, that, that God could come and redeem and how He chose to redeem mankind in forgiving our sins through Jesus Christ, and that not only in forgiving us and justifying our sins, but bringing us into a vital living union with Himself, and then in, in all of that, bringing all believers, all of us from all ages into one body with Christ being the head, this mystery 
shows so much about the wisdom of God that the angels are observing you, me, the body of Christ, to learn about God's wisdom. Now think about this. <clears throat> this, this mystery of salvation and bringing us into one body is something God is using to even teach the angels. Now think about this. It's truly, truly, friends, this is one of the most staggering and astounding truths concerning the church, the body of Christ. Through what God is doing, God's holy angels are being instructed. Now, have you ever sometimes wondered or maybe gotten the feeling that you're being watched? Um, what if you know you're being watched? When you know you're being watched, does that cause you to change the way you're thinking and acting? Well, we are indeed as the church being watched, and we're being watched by the holy angels. And what we just read is that which God is doing with His church is so stupendous, so glorious, so awesome, that even the angelic beings who have spent their entire existence in the presence of God, even they are staggered and utterly amazed at the wisdom of God by what He's doing in and through Christ in the church, the body of Christ. So even with that, just thinking of that thus far, what should that say to us about the wisdom of God? What should that say to us about the importance of the church? The, the, what it means to be a part of the body of Christ and what God is showing, what God is expressing about Himself in us. So first of all, let's think about the angels. The angels are these mighty supernatural beings whom God created in time past, and they exist for the express purpose to execute the purposes and will of God. They, are, they have been in God's presence from their creation to obey Him and to worship Him and glorify Him and to carry out that which He assigns to them. And you have to know they, they've seen so much of God and they understand so much of God, His power, His activity, His wisdom. Think with me. The Bible tells us that the, present, uh, uh, the angels were present at the creation of the material world. Job mentions that in Job chapter 38. They were present, Paul says in Galatians 3 verse 19, they were present at the giving of the law. When God expresses how we are to approach Him, how we are to worship Him. The Bible is very clear that the angels were present at the birth of Christ in Bethlehem, and they all came and filled the heavens declaring His arrival. Matthew 28 and verse 2 tells us that the angels were present at His resurrection. Acts chapter 1, they were present at His ascension. They were there when he was crucified. The angels stand ready to carry out the will of God. They've been involved. As you read Scripture, often you'll come across these angels used of God, carrying out some of the activity of God with mankind. And some pretty big ones. I mean, 2 Samuel chapter 24, one angel comes and destroys 70,000 persons of the kingdom. 
In the book of Revelation, we're told that there are angels who are holding the, the four winds of the heavens, and they carry out the thunders of God's wrath upon the guilty. I mean, routinely, since their creation, the angels have traversed the the expanses of the universe, observing the incalculable aspects of God's power and wisdom in creation, His activity in, in all aspects of creation. They certainly understand God's holiness, His righteousness, far more than we do. We read there in Ephesians pardon me, Isaiah chapter 6 where Isaiah is given a glimpse into glory and it talks about the cherubim there covering their face and covering their feet. They're covering their face that even though they're innocent, sinless, perfect beings, we know that because they're in his presence, They're standing there with their eyes covered, acknowledging their utter unworthiness to be in the presence of His majesty, His glory, His righteous purity. Uh, The same by the covering of their feet. They're acknowledging they're unworthy. They're undeserving of being in His presence. So they understand God's holiness, His righteousness. I'm sure they understand His wrath towards sin. These angels have always been in the immediate presence of holy God. They've heard Him speak. They have observed Him, as I've said. But according to this passage that we read here in Ephesians chapter 3, what is taking place in the church, what God is doing in Christ through the body of Christ in justifying us, forgiving us, making us alive by His life, uniting us together as one vital body. What they're observing is teaching them about the wisdom and power of God as nothing else has. Our salvation, our being justified, our being made alive by Christ our being brought into a vital living union with God in Christ Jesus is the most awesome, the most incomprehensible, the most infinite testimony to the wisdom and power of God than anything else. The church, our being the body of Christ, is the most phenomenal display, the most phenomenal definition or expression or manifestation of the wisdom of God. We as the body of Christ are the most phenomenal activity of God in all of creation, in in all of Scripture, really in all of eternity. This mystery of Christ, remember this bringing together of both Jew and Gentile into being one new man, one new nation, one new body, in a vital union with Christ, is the most incredibly awesome manifestation of the wisdom of God. And the Bible says that it is by this continual examination of the church that the angels are learning about the God whom they serve, whom they have been in His presence from eternity. Amazing. What should this tell us about the importance of being a part of the body of Christ? What should this tell us about our view of the church, our attitude towards the body of Christ, our treatment? 
as the body of Christ. Friend, we're being watched, and we're being watched by holy angels, and we are being watched by holy angels so that they learn something about the wisdom of God. What are they learning when they're seeing me? As they observe me and my commitment, my surrender to the Lord, or my walking in the flesh, what are they learning? What are they learning by watching you? What are they learning by observing the church? Sometimes I think through this passage and I think, man, are we showing them that God wasted his time, that God made a mistake? No, by watching God, knowing God, and by watching what he is doing through us, they're learning something about God. It's, it's through this gospel. It's through the gospel of Christ. It's through redemption. And it's through Christ building His church and being the very source of life for us that they are learning of the wisdom of God. I mean, think, friend, think. The angels are learning more about God by watching you, me, the church, by watching how God deals with us, how God ministers to us, and how God works in us and through us, that they're learning about the wisdom of God. So what we need to understand is that the body of Christ, this new man, this new creation, this body being alive by His life, this new race of men, is the most astonishing phenomenon of the world. It is the very power of God. It is the very wisdom of God. This should amaze us about the church. This should truly color our view of being a part of the body of Christ and how we participate in Christ and how we manifest Him to a world and how we work and live and operate with one another, how we consider one another, how we are the very activity of God Himself. Man, just meditate on that a bit today. I, as an individual, as well as being a part of the church, in the church, we are the very activity of God. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Again, it's not what we do. It is not what we think. It's not about how we hope it would be. It is about our utter surrender to Christ and Christ Himself being all that He is for us. Being a Christian, living the Christian life, being part of the church, the church itself, the universal church as well as our local body, we are the manifest activity of God. That should grab our attention like nothing else has ever grabbed our attention. Maybe it would do us well to sit down and think, well, if the angels are watching me to learn about God, what is my life teaching them? Am I showing them a willingness to surrender to God, or do I still want to tell God how to do things? Are they seeing a willingness, a grateful, joyful willingness for me to utterly abandon myself to Him 
for Him to live His life through me, to be the source of everything that I am and everything that I do? Are we showing them truly the majesty of God? It's amazing. Now, I don't know about you, but that, that, really, that really jumps out to me that it says in verse 10 of Ephesians 3, that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Friends, I, I pray that we would stop, that we would settle down. We would focus on learning Christ as He has expressed to us in Holy Scriptures. That we would come to understand that salvation is truly, yes, it's my sin being forgiven, my being justified, my knowing that I will go to heaven and spend eternity with Him, all of eternity with Him. But it is far more than that. Living right now, this moment, going through this day today, is to be my making myself available to and living in the reality of the manifest activity of sovereign, almighty, eternal God right now. Wow. That sure makes me realize I need to hand over my day to Him, my calendar, my schedule, my life, my mind, my mouth. Everything about me, I need to hand over to Him. And to stop and think that, that God wants, He truly wants to live in me and work in me. Yes, He wanted to forgive me, and that's amazing and absolutely necessary. But far beyond that, He wants to live in me. He wants to take up habitation in me, and He wants to work through me. He wants to show Himself. God in Christ Jesus wants to express Himself through my life. Amazing. I really, really want to give myself to Him so that He can do so. So that he can manifest his wisdom, his power, his presence, his very life through me. Every moment of every day and everything that I'm doing. And that also in doing that, in living for him, not only am I reaching others for Christ, not only am I to be teaching others Christ and showing them that they can live in vital union with Christ, but, but also my life, both private and public, my life will also be being used of God to instruct His holy angels about His wisdom, about His power. And it also, again, should cause me to stop and think about what church is. The church isn't about me. It isn't about what I want. It isn't about programs and events. The church isn't about pleasing people. The church isn't about appeasing seekers or unsaved people and, and making them feel nice with church and Christianity. 
the church isn't about people at all. It's about a God, an almighty God, a holy and righteous and pure God, and His pursuing man, and His providing everything necessary in Jesus Christ to make us a part of the church, to make us a part of His body. And church is the activity of God. You and I must be the willing participants of His activity, participating with God, giving ourselves to Him to be used of Him to carry out His will, His purpose, for His glory, that He may be exalted. And again, in this strange passage, it seems, that through us, God can be instructing even the angels about His wisdom and His power. I pray that as you think through this, I pray that as you go back and reread this and, and understand what the Lord is saying about the, the phenomena that the church is, the, the really the inexpressible manifestation of God that is to be taking place in your life, in my life, and in our life collectively, that it'll, it'll give us a, um, a revolutionary idea about the church and about our participation in Him. Well, let's pray. Lord God, we are utterly amazed at salvation in Christ. We're utterly amazed that you would reach down to us and that you would actually become one of us, God in human flesh, that you might redeem us unto yourself. And then far beyond that, not only do you justify us and forgive us, but you make us alive with Christ himself being that very life so that you can live in us and work in us, think through us, minister through us so that the whole world can come to know you. Lord, amazing. And that you also work through us to teach the angels about your wisdom and majesty. Father, I pray that we would increasingly come to understand how awesome it is to be yours and live in the reality of it. We love you, we praise you, and you glorify you. And it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's devotional with Ron Lowry. We hope you enjoyed it and that it was an encouragement to your heart. Our winter spring term began January 5th, and this first week of Bible school has kicked off so well. We have nine new students joining us this semester from New Zealand, Canada, and around the States, bringing the total number of students here this semester to 66. Please keep the new students in your prayers that they would be welcomed and encouraged at heart for what's ahead. Thank you again for tuning into the His Hill podcast. You've been listening to our host, Kelly Doherty, and our guest speaker, Ron Lowry. Be encouraged, alumni. He is for you. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm Lizzie. See you next week.